Hello, folks, and thanks for listening in today. I'm Pastor David, and joining me today is Pastor Brendan. Hey, everyone. This podcast exists to encourage us and all of you towards two things. We want to consider and chew on the words of Scripture, and we want to apply those to our daily lives. This month, we're in Proverbs, so read along with me as we read Proverbs verse chapter 19. Here's what it says. 19, verse 1. Better the poor whose walk is blameless than a fool whose lips are perverse. Desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? A person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. Wealth attracts many friends, but even the closest friend of the poor person deserts them. A false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will not go free. Many curry favor with the ruler, and everyone is a friend of the one who gives gifts. The poor are shunned by all their relatives. How much more do their friends avoid them? Though the poor pursue them with pleading, they are nowhere to be found. The one who gets wisdom loves life. The one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. A false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will perish. It is not fitting for a fool to live in luxury. How much worse for a slave to rule over princes? A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. A king's rage is like the roar of a lion, but his favor is due on the grass. A foolish child is a father's ruin. A quarrelsome wife is like the constant dripping of a leaky roof. Houses and wealth are inherited from parents, but prudent wife is from the Lord. Laziness brings on deep sleep, and the shiftless go hungry. Whoever keeps commandments keeps their life, but whoever uh, shows contempt for their ways will die. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. Discipline your children, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to their death. A hot-tempered person must pay the penalty. Rescue them, and you will have to do it again. Listen to advice and accept discipline and at the end you will be counted among the wise. Many are the plans of a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. What a person desires is unfailing love, better to be poor than a liar. The fear of the Lord leads to life, then one rests content, untouched by trouble. A sluggard buries his hand in the dish, he will not even bring it back to his mouth. Flog a mocker, and the simple will learn prudence. Rebuke the discerning, and they will gain knowledge. Whoever robs his father and drives out his mother is a child who brings shame and disgrace. Stop listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. A corrupt witness mocks at justice. The mouth of the wicked gulps down evil. Penalties are prepared for mockers and beatings for the backs of fools. Well, that's Proverbs chapter 19. Brendan, what you got? Um, <clears throat> I was really looking at, uh, at verse 8, the, just the one who is seeking out wisdom, the one who gets wisdom, loves life. And again, this is a, a, it's a principle, not a, not a promise, but the, the way to, to have fullness and abundance in life is to seek out wisdom. The one who cherishes understanding, it says, will soon prosper. And then it, <clears throat> and then it goes down, uh, let's see, a few, a few verses down. Let's see, where did I see that other one? That kind of was, uh, was 
the similar kind of concept. Whoever keeps commandments keeps their life, but whoever shows contempt for their ways will die. So I just uh, I just really love this this idea of it's it's kind of reminds me of what Jesus said of <clears throat> is how he gives life, but not just life, but life to the fullest, ab- abundant life, and and seeking out seeking out wisdom is what what helps us to be able to love life in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, totally agree. And it, and it uh, ties into 18. It says, discipline your children, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to their death. Yeah. This is talking the same, same idea as it. You know, we discipline our kids so that they'll be wise. Um, in some ways, we have the ability to um, kind of cram wisdom into the lives of our kids, to give it to them whether they want them want it or not you know um and they don't always like it they don't always like receiving it they don't always like getting it but like helping your kid make a good plan for their homework helping your kid make sure they're getting to bed on time and waking up on time helping your kid regulate how much time they spend in front of a you know tv or a a video game um is all ways that we give wisdom to our children and then and then um the bible says you know that's discipline your children for that in that there is hope and then it says this hard thing. Do not be a willing party to their death. Sure. Like letting your kids raise themselves is being a willing party to their death. It's not disciplining your kids. It's watching your kid uh, choose sin and wrongness and uh, anger and all of the things the Bible warns us about and not dealing with it is watching your kid march to death and, and just just like if they were marching off a cliff and just watching it happen instead right. of saying something. It's like letting them go to their default behavior, you know what I'm saying, without right. correction. And <clears throat> um, that, that you know, it's, a, it's in our nature to, to try and go and, you know, touch that oven while it's hot. Or, you know, do, right. do these things that, that are going to lead to our destruction, lead to uh, terrible habits being formed, um, lead to, like, living for today instead of thinking about... Uh, tomorrow in the future and and you know um, just trying to gain as much pleasure as you can from life and and that's you know just letting our kids kind of I mean you know I think you were talking about screen time too like that's (laughs) we were talking before uh, this podcast started about how very few of uh, the parents I know like do uh, limit screen time but uh, I'm sure I have other blind spots tons of other blind spots as a parent <laughs> and sometimes it's from talking with you in the office about you know cer- certain things and struggles that I have as a parent and and we all have struggles but we but to to uh leave out discipline is, is to be be a willing party to their death that is it's very very harsh words very true though yeah no no full leads punch to death it. yeah and so it kind of leads me to the one that I want to talk about today. And I'll, start, I'll go with this question. Brendan, why do bad things happen? Why do bad things happen? Why do bad things yeah, happen? Yeah, there's deep, deep so there's, question. Yeah, there's several different answers that are given. You know, you can talk about uh, the fall that, that, uh, that we have brought sin and death and destruction into this earth by our rebellion against God. And that leads to all kinds of... Uh, terrible things, and it led to us being uh, kicked out of the Garden of Eden, this perfect environment, and now we're in a place that is is not safe, and uh, in a world that is not safe. And and but there's also you know sometimes we don't always know the reasons you know for for uh, why bad things happen. You know um, 
Job, even even with his uh, his whole life, that these terrible things happen in his life, and we know part of the reasons why these terrible things happen because there was a book written about his life, and right. <laughs> we get to learn like all the life lessons of Job. But Job never gets that answer from God. You know, God right. just says, "I am God," and you are, you know, like, <laughs> and yeah. you are not, <laughs> yeah. and like basically. And he does restore Job and, and restore uh, a lot of uh, things that were that that uh, were taken from him, but but uh, he never really receives that answer. So sometimes we don't we don't know the answer why bad things happen. Yeah, so, I think not knowing the answer, uh, but you hit on the answer. So the answer is sin, right? Yeah, bad things happen right. because of sin. Right. And so there are kind of three answers that I always give for this, and you you hit two of them really strongly. One is general sin. We live in a world that's broken, and in a broken world bad things happen. And those things aren't always related to our particular sins, but they're often related to some sin, you know? So sure. uh, if I'm driving down the road and I get hit by a drunk driver, like I wasn't sitting driving down the road, but they were sinning and they hit me. And so because I live in a broken world where sinful people do sinful things, bad things happen. Um, but also uh, one that we don't like to talk about as much is personal sin and punishment. Sometimes mm-hmm. bad things happen because God is disciplining us for our own sins. Like we do the wrong thing and because, you know, we, we talk about this whole uh, uh, don't be a willing party to their death. God's not wanting to be a willing party to our death. Yeah. And he corrects us. And, he, and sometimes bad things happen to us because God is correcting us for a wrong thing. And then the third one is natural consequences. You know, so if I, if I go out and I uh, uh, am kicking my feet around uh, recklessly and I kick a rock and hurt my toe... It's not fair for me to turn around and curse God. Well, God, why did you hurt my toe? No, I, I kicked the rock. My toe hurt. That's a natural consequence sure. of my own stupidity, right? Right, right. And so uh, that's, that's why bad things happen. And so Proverbs uh, 19, verse 3, says, A person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. Mm. And how often is that the case where we're like, I'm mad at God for something I did. You know, if I get out yeah. and drunk drive and I end up in a wreck, like, I can't turn around and say, God, why did you get me in this wreck? Well, like, God didn't get you in that wreck. You got you in that wreck. You made yeah. bad choices and it led to your your wreck. And that happens. Or you get caught doing something wrong and then you have to face the consequences for that. But you're, like, angry. <laughs> yeah, like, you told a lie and yeah. somebody ca- called you on it and you're like... Oh, I can't believe they're calling me on this lie. Right. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, don't lie. You know, <laughs> like, like the Bible gives you a really clear, like, like let's just tell the truth instead, and you can avoid that. You know, the, mm-hmm. the Bible tells us about sin. One of the ugly things about sin is it, it, it bubbles to the surface. It all they find you out, like mm-hmm. that you can't stay hidden forever. That even if no person ever finds out, that God finds out. And so, yeah. the the sins that we commit, we're going to have to deal with at some point. And those sins are like. They're legion. I mean, so how often do we, if we don't tell direct lies, do we let people believe things that aren't true that are helpful to us? Or do we say things that are like kind of half-coded in truth so that we can, you know, extend a deadline at work or we can, you know, not face consequences for having messed up on something or kind of push blame? Right. And we're just, we're not truly authentic to people so that they don't realize our our faults and that we're not perfect people, you know, we're not, right. we're not presenting a real authentic or we hide our thoughts reality. and motivations yeah. so that the, so, and that leads other people confused about 
who we are and they don't then know how to really respond to us in a way that, and then we get mad about the way they respond to us and then our life doesn't work out the way we want. And what Proverbs tells us is that one of the, one of the possible reactions to that is to just turn around and curse God for it. Mm. It says our heart rages against the Lord. And so many people are mad at God for stuff that they do, that the stuff that they've, that they've brought on themselves. They don't have a relationship with their family as well as because, you know, you were not nice to your family. You weren't kind to your family and they kind of walked away. And then we're mad, you know, we're just walking around angry and depressed because we don't have these relationships. Well, you did this. And you know what the good news about that is you can undo it, Mm. you know? Like, so if sin is uh, a natural consequence for our own behavior or if it's a punishment for our own personal sin, if it's not just that general, like, stuff happens to you and there's not much you can do about it because that does that's part of life but if it's one of those other two categories two out of the three categories of why bad things happen to you are under your control to stop yeah and so you can if you've broken a relationship with somebody because of sin you can sit around and be mad about that that's an option like you can just you know sit around angry and was it uh, nobody likes me everybody (laughs) hates me and i'm gonna eat some worms (laughs) you know you can do that that's a, yeah. Will that get us demonetized? Is that the free... Uh, yeah. yeah. That song? I don't know. We may have to pay for that one. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> anyway, so uh, you can sit around and eat worms and like pretend like you know everything's happening to you and everything's bad. Or you could figure out why it is that nobody likes you and everybody hates you. You can figure out what it is that you're doing that's turning people off. And you can work to better that. It's, you know, it's as far as it depends on me, I want to live at peace with people. And, and so if it depends on me, if I'm, if I'm doing the wrong thing, I want to do better. And, and so that's kind of, I think the difference ultimately between somebody who has a, a successful faith that changes them is that they, they see God as good. And when bad things happen, they turn to God and try to figure it out instead of turning to God and getting angry. Right. That's, that's in our control. Sure. And I think, uh, there's there's also some interesting uh, you know approaches that I've heard um, in, in regards to like sometimes we do have raw feelings and um, and and anger and like God can also handle our anger you know like That's right. yeah. like if we <clears throat> if we have raw and and difficult feelings like it's okay for us to still turn those feelings and express them to God. Um, I think the part of the folly in verse 3 is they're blaming God. That's right. Yeah. Like, I think that's the big the big thing is like, but God can still handle, like, and, and even wants us to um, express all, all ranges of emotions to Him uh, as we process things in prayer. And you see that all throughout the Psalms, obviously. Um, however... We, but it, that's distinguishing that from verse three, where this person's own, this person's messed up, they screwed up, their own folly led led to their ruin, and and their heart is raging against the God against God. That's different than yeah, just than, being angry about what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Than, and expressing anger, um, you know, and, and expressing things through prayer. And yeah, I would say uh, I don't want to minimize that point at all. That's a huge point that. Um, you're, the whole range of human emotions is just what it is. Emotions are uh, emotions are things that we experience, and they are very real to us. You know, if I'm angry, I'm angry, and that's not um, 
that's not a logical thing necessarily. It's not a factual based thing. It doesn't have to be anything. It can just be, I'm angry. Like I could wake up in the morning having nothing happened and just be angry. And, mm-hmm. um, so then, then the question becomes, you know, why am I angry or how do I deal with that anger? And what I often encourage people to do is to sit with those emotions is to let them wash through them. If I'm angry, mm-hmm. let myself feel the anger and then start to try to put a name on it. You know, if it's, yeah. if I'm angry because, you know, some, my sports team lost. Okay. Well, let's put a name on that. My sports team lost and it made me in an angry mood. We know, we've all known people like that who throw things and rage around when their sports team loses and. You know, I don't like it when the Razorbacks lose any more than anybody else. I don't usually get very angry about it, but, you know, it's what it is. Sure. Um, and if that's what it is, is that if that's what's made you angry, feel it, name it, say, I'm angry because of that. And then you can start applying facts to your emotions and say, okay, is that a reasonable thing to be angry about? And you can start to talk yourself through the process. And if you can't, if your emotions are more complicated than your sports team lost, if you're angry because, you know, we just passed Mother's Day and maybe maybe you have some anger about how you were raised or maybe maybe there's something going with your kids. It's just a little too difficult for you to name and process on your own. I, I don't want, I want you to hear this. Talk to a professional. There, yeah. there are people out there who can help you sort through and name and start to think through your emotions. And in that way, not to make your emotions go away, but to help you have a handle on how to handle them. Because I want people to experience all of their emotions, but I don't want people's emotions to control them. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going on here, right? This is exactly. a, this person's own folly leads to their ruin. So they're they're ruined somehow. You know, ruin is almost never permanent, but something bad happened. Their own folly happened and whatever thing they were planning didn't work out. And it's to their ruin. And it says, yet their heart rages against the Lord. So they, they were mad about it. And instead of processing and going through it and naming it and applying facts to it, they let it control them so that mm-hmm. now, they're, now they're making actions based on their rage, which is you never want to act out of your anger, act out of your, your emotions, because emotions are real, um, but they, sh- they can't control us. If, they, if we allow yeah. our emotions to control us, then we're not making decisions anymore. And if you're not making decisions... You get into that quote, um, the unexamined life isn't worth living. Right. Like we have to make decisions based on what we know. And what we know is if my folly leads to my ruin, well, then I can stop doing the folly and I, I, I can do better. And the Lord sees that over and over again. The Bible says he's gracious and merciful and he repays the years the locust ate over and over again. The Bible says that if we, if we turn from our ways, our God is faithful. He meets us right there and restores and so right. bad things happen for a variety of reasons, mostly sin. Um, but when they happen, we have to respond uh, in a way that acknowledges that there's a great big God out there who loves you. Right. And ultimately, I think the person in, in verse 3, they have this skewed uh, vision of God in their minds that they don't really perceive the goodness and love of God. Um, instead they, they're, they're blaming God because they think maybe God's out to get them because God's allowing these consequences, these natural consequences that are happening as a result of their folly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, instead, like, like you were saying, realizing that, that God is a good God, that he desires that we have life and life abundantly and that he disciplines us because he loves us. 
That's right. Seeing God as an is a being with agency who makes decisions instead of as a as a magic potion to spread on our desires uh, leads us to a realistic idea that that we make decisions and God makes decisions and and that there's a stance going on and if we make bad decisions then negative things can happen and so uh, the the other guy I think he he would be of the guy who who sees it as magic and we right. got to be. Yeah, that's superstitious kind of. That's concept. right, yeah. and that that kind of, of faith is never going to be salvific. Anyway, uh, that's all the little time we really have today. We want to get you off of here in a reasonable amount of time. So I want to thank you for listening in today. Uh, I hope that you uh, read this proverb because we believe that there's truth in here that's going to help you become who God wants you to be. Uh, I believe it for me, and I believe it for you. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we hope you tune in again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.